With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Football is back. MLB playoffs are heating up and your favorite artists are on tour. But did you know you can go to events like these for half off when you buy last minute with Game Time? It's the fastest growing ticketing app that guarantees the lowest price on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. So download Game Time, create an account, and redeem code podcast for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's podcast for $20 off. Terms apply. Download Game Time. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Metz. Today, we are finishing up, finally, our opponent season previews, just in time for the season to get going. Hey, we have exactly seven days before the season gets started. Kansas kicks off a week from today when this is coming out Friday, um, September 2nd. It's I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and look, people will call me a masochist fool because I really enjoy Kansas football. But, uh, you know, someone joining us today to call me a fool for all kinds of reasons for a lot of the takes that I have flying around Twitter. You know him as Scott is wild, or Scott Wildcat over on Twitter. Scott of the Bosco Boys podcast. How you doing today, Scott? I'm doing well. And, and I got to say this. I, I want to give a shout out not only to you, but my little brother who is in his final year getting his master's at KU He's been a KU football season ticket holder ever since he finished his undergrad. My mother, who was the baby Jayhawk mascot, and her family had KU football season tickets uh, all the time. And, you know, I think some of the final years they got or had them were the final or was the Orange Bowl year. So they had more bad than good 
Uh, so while you might, you know, be a mass, mac, massacist, whatever. Masochistic you know, person, my mouth isn't I guess. Yeah. That well. No, it's all right. It's yes, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. But, but so I, I've given all that KU history in for, your family, yeah. where did you go wrong? So first off, I didn't go wrong. I am a uh, third generation K-State graduate. Uh, so my dad's side, so it was my grandfather. Uh, he got his master's of education at K-State, went on to be a principal uh, my father, both my uncles graduate from K-State. I went to K-State, graduated there. My little brother, who, again, is in grad school at KU, got his undergrad at K-State. Um, so he he uh, was at K-State, so he kept on the family tradition. But he got – he got uh, he's going to walk down the hill uh, after he gets his master's here this year. Uh, so one side is K-State. My cousin on my mom's side, because my mom's side, they're the KU fans. One of my cousins came to K-State, graduated – um, all the other ones are KU fans. Uh, one graduated from KU. Uh, lots of crimson. So blue what on you're that saying so is, we truly are your Amy. family is the epitome of the house divided license yes. plates you see all over the place. One hundred percent. And like I said, it's it's extremes. Like my mom, baby Jayhawk, my grandfather, yeah. season ticket holder for football, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball. Uh, you know, we have the, the different brick layers at, at K State. And then I'm, I'm sure there's some bricks and stuff at KU as well. Uh, it, it truly is a house divided. And despite how I may accidentally sick all of my followers on you, I'm not as toxic towards KU as, uh, some K State fans are. That's fair. I, I truly, and, and, and I'll say this when you guys are playing Iowa State, is that like week three or week four? Week five. I can't remember. Week five. So kind yeah. of early. Yeah. yeah it's I'll like, be at the it's, wheel. It's right after the I'll end at, of non-conference. So yeah, I'll be at the wheel rock chalking it up with Brian Haney if you guys win that game. So I, I'm definitely cheering for you guys over Heck Iowa yeah. State. Don't, don't tell JSJ that. Please. Oh, I'm sure she probably already knows. So honestly, I don't think she would care too much. So, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So let's jump in because obviously a lot has changed for this team. Yep. Um, well, I guess a lot has changed, but then again, a lot hasn't necessarily changed. Obviously, the most important position, the quarterback position, has changed for the Jayhawks. I'm sorry, not the Jay- Well, the Jayhawks have changed from the beginning of last year, too. I don't know why. I'm- anyway, for the Wildcats. Yeah. Sorry. You're doing the thing that both both of our fan bases hate the most. When, yeah. When the no. Well, I was thinking school. about some of the – or I don't know. I was thinking way too far ahead, and I said the wrong thing because I'm so used to talking about the Jayhawks. Um, but anyway, so – Quarterback obviously changed um, with Adrian Martinez coming in, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe offensive coordinator changed as well. But for the most part, not much else on this you know team change other than the normal graduations and like the the little bit of roster turnover you usually get from one year to the next, but no big you know monumental differences. So going into this off season and kind of thinking about what happened at the end of last year for Kansas State, what what is it fair to say are reasonable expectations for the average K State fan? So we had our uh, live show extravaganza The uh, w- with all, all our fans. We went for three hours, and I let different fans come up, give their predictions on the season. At one point, we had over 500 people listening in live over on Spotify Live. Um, and a lot of them, you know, by the end, you know, group things start, starts going purple Kool-Aid. A lot of people are saying, why not? Let's win the Big 12 championship. Um Am I going to say winning the Big 12 championship is a reasonable expectation? No, I'm not going to say K-State fans should expect to win the Big 12. But I think they there is no reason to expect to win 
uh, less than eight regular season games. Um, because in Chris Kleiman's, you know, two non COVID seasons, the final record has ended up being eight and five. And I think there is more talent, higher level of talent on this team than any of his previous three teams. So I would say the expectation should be eight games or better. So eight to nine wins. If, if we end up seven and five, seven and six at the end of the season, I would call that a monumental disappointment. So, I mean, I, I guess really the media seems to agree with you just because, you know, K-State getting the most players on the all preseason Big 12 team, which I, I happen to agree with uh, Philip over on the 10-12 that they should do more than just one single team, right? They, they should have a second team all Big 12 preseason, but that's neither here nor there. Kansas State obviously has a lot of guys that are coming back that are held in high regard, Um you know, looking at what happened, though, the end of last year, because like I said, it doesn't seem like a lot has necessarily changed for this team, with the exception of some, you know, pretty big key positions, um, which which can theoretically change a whole bunch. But to have that many guys on the preseason All-Big 12 team and then, you know, to finish the regular season 7-5 and five last year with two straight, honestly painful losses, I think, for Kansas State, like... How do you reconcile the fact that, you know, they didn't necessarily have a great ending? And obviously, walloping LSU in the bowl game is absolutely fantastic. But listen to any SEC fan, that doesn't really matter. Um, like, how do you reconcile, though, the ending of last season, right, with not a ton of change to the huge optimistic expectations? I mean, I, uh, Stuart Mandel, I think, was was the one that picked you know, K-State yeah, to all, win the Big 12 championship people. this year. Like Of all people, my like, best friend, Stuart Mandel. It feels to me like there is a huge disconnect between what happened at the end of last season and all of the expectations going into this season that I don't know that you can make that connection just by expecting everybody to improve. So I'm obviously missing something because I am in a very, very small minority. And I, I, I hope it's not just, you know, Kansas bias towards K-State because I, I try to avoid just writing off a team because I just, you know, happen to root against them for a good portion of the year. Um, I'm a big 12 guy. Like I want K-State to do well, as long as it, you know, doesn't directly hurt the Jayhawks, but I'm having a hard time buying into all the hype. So, so what is it that I'm missing for this team that's changing the off season? Yeah. So, so first off, I understand you and Phillips, you know, take of, Oh, you know, only going with one team in the media poll for the all big 12. I get that. K-State did have more people on, the pro football focus all American team, which went four deep more than anyone. So that, that it's not just that uh, the CBS uh, all American team, they had Deuce Vaughn as a first team, all purpose guy. And then also a second team running back. We had people on the second team uh, offensive line with Cooper BB second team uh, defensive end with uh, uh, Felix and Uzama and uh, first team returner. So even if you go beyond just that media poll, I think that there is enough proof that, hey, is it the number one most talented high-end team? Maybe not. I'm not going to say yes, but I, I I think try and say, oh, if, if we went too deep on the all Big 12 team, K-State all of a sudden ends up like at fifth. Um, and then the, the two games you're pointing out, that Baylor and that Texas game, yes, 100% disastrous, painful losses. But Skylar Thompson got absolutely drilled at the end of the game preceding the Baylor game. He was hurt. He was banged up. He couldn't do anything. He ends up getting knocked out at the end of the Baylor game. 
doesn't play at all in the TC or in the Texas game. And then when, because they didn't know how bad that Skylar Thompson injury was. And this is a decision that I think Chris Kleiman got a lot of flack for that people have forgotten. They put out the third stringer, uh, Lewis instead of Will Howard when K State still could have won that Baylor game because Will Howard was at that red shirt limit. Granted, he ended up burning it the next week and losing to a very bad Texas team, uh, the next week. So that, that's absolutely stupid. Um, so I, I think you can, you have to take those final two games with a little bit of a grain of salt if you're trying to then project it forward. Because again, no healthy Skylar Thompson, then no Skylar Thompson at all. Uh, the next one, again, and this is what a lot of K-State fans are pointing to, is Courtney Messingham exiting, and Colin Klein is now the offensive coordinator. And this is really the Texas game, because there was a lot of situational play calling, is what I would call it, that are absolute head scratchers that you're hoping is now changed. Uh, they, they ran Deuce Vaughn and the Wildcat on four different third and short, then fourth and short, and then again, third and short, fourth and short, in critical moments, and didn't get that done. If you end up beating Texas and then you end up winning a bowl game, because we should have beat Texas, everyone should have beat Texas. They're horrible. Um, And and I think they're going to suck again this year. Um, All of a sudden you have nine wins and it's not as crazy to think, okay, you know, uh, they're going to, they're, they're not going to live up to it. So that's, that's my first kind of retort. But then, in the offseason, you bring in Adrian Martinez. I know you and I have differing opinions on him. We might get to that. That's fine. Yeah, we will. You Don't are worry. Bringing, yeah, it, but, but here's the thing. Even even at its worst, like even if you're saying, okay, Adrian Martinez, he he is a whatever you want to call him quarterback. He is still an improvement on Will Howard, who is, and, and that's the biggest thing that we saw. When K-State struggled last year, they had to play Will Howard or Jaron Lewis. He's an improvement on both of those guys. And even if you had a marginal improvement on those guys, all of a sudden that could be an extra two wins on last season. Um, now, better than Skylar Thompson, I don't know. We can talk about that. But then you do have Deuce Vaughn, who is coming back for his third season. We've seen his improvement continue year over year his first two years. You have Felix and Udike Uzama, the preseason Big 12 defensive player of the year. We've seen his improvement year over year. You have Nate Matlack, who if he didn't get robbed by a couple sacks in the Texas Tech game, he probably would have been a freshman All-American. You do have some legitimate talent. And why why, I get it, I get what you're saying. You can't just depend on all of them to keep getting better. I think that there is enough there and there is enough track record with Chris Kleiman where you see guys stick around, they improve year over year, that it's not a stretch to say, hey, they're going to compete. They are going to be at that top level. Again, I'm not going to predict it, even in – when I did my prediction show, I ended up, and like I said, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. I still didn't have us winning the Big 12 title like Stuart Mandel did, but I don't think it's that crazy. Well, and I think part of the point that Stuart Mandel made in in the article was that he thinks the rest of the Big 12 at the top is coming back to the pack. And I don't know if that's necessarily because they are down or just because, I mean, last year there wasn't a lot of separation between the best teams. And, and this year, I think it's even more bunched up. Like, I could definitely see an argument where you could say that Kansas State has a really good record this year because, hey, guess what? This, you know, they're so bunched up, you know, one through seven in the, in the conference that all you need is a couple good bounces to go your way. And you can go from, you know, looking at a seventh place finish to a second place finish. Like, I, I definitely think that we could get to the end of the year and we can see them bunched up that much because I just don't think there is one team 
as of right now, has everything figured out to the point where you just are like, okay, they're, they're the team that's going to win. Like, you can make arguments for, you know, Baylor or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, but they all lost big pieces. And, of course, Oklahoma is, you know, dealing with a whole brand new system and everything as well. Um, so I, I'm wondering how much of that is just K-State didn't get demonstrably worse, right? And there's a lot of things that other people lost. Um, and I, that's where I'm struggling because it, it feels to me kind of like the old school way of college football, though. Like, hey, eventually for, for non blue bloods, it's all about timing, having oh, yeah, the old sure. roster year over year development. And yes, it's never going to go back to that. But even if you look at the portal, what K-State brought in the biggest question mark leaving last season K-State plays a defensive system where you have three safeties. You lost all three of your starters, but you bring in three experienced guys at the college level, and then you also have your young guys developing. And then all of a sudden, here we are. You talk to people in the program. Safety is going to be a depth position and a position of strength. So um, I get it, and, and you're you're completely right. Hey, they're timing this well. You know, if this exact team was lining up la- uh, in last last year's Big 12 – I mean, the expectation probably is going to be, all right, you know, eight, hopefully nine wins. No one's going to be predicting them to win the Big 12. But in my whole dark horse, uh, you know, campaign saying, oh, K-State still is a dark horse. At the end of the day, yeah, Stuart Mandel did it. And some people on Twitter are also saying yeah. it. But they're not ranked in the top 25. They got three media votes to even be ranked. They had one coach vote. So, uh, you know. Yeah, it's weird. I think, like, I think there's a lot of people. Chamber. There's we're a lot of people chamber. that have been talking about it as possible enough that some people wouldn't consider them to be a dark horse anymore. But I mean, I, I, I happen to agree. Like I look at this team and the overall talent level compared to last team does not seem to be demonstrably different. I think if you are someone who, who believes that Kansas state is going to be really good this year, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, lack of, lack of, uh, of improvement around the rest of the conference and to the fact that they didn't lose any big pieces that they weren't able to replace with someone who's at least comparable. Like, I think that's probably where or that's how it makes the most sense to me. The real question, obviously, is those individual pieces. And we have a huge difference of opinion on the most important one being Adrian Martinez coming into the quarterback. So let's jump over to the offense and kind of talk about that, because, look, I saw what Adrian Martinez did at Nebraska. And you can say that, yes, it's Nebraska. Look at all the problems that they've had. But looking at some of the decisions that he made, you know, it, this isn't like a Jalen Daniels in his true freshman year where he had less than two seconds to make a decision on every single snap. There was a lot of times where Martinez had a lot of time to figure out what he wanted to do in Nebraska, and he his, made some his bad, average some His bad average decisions. clean pocket rate was 1.97 last year. That was his average clean po- pocket rate. Adrian Martinez was under two seconds. It was the pro football focus. In every year that pro football focus has been grading offensive line pass protection, Every single year, that Nebraska was the worst Power 5 pass-blocking team in the history of them charting that. They had Turner Corcoran, Lawrence, Kansas native, you know, four-star guy. I wanted him at K-State bad. Was rated as the worst pass-blocking tackle in all of college football. So I I, I get it. Okay. I, I, I understand what you're trying to say, but he also had over nine yards per attempt throwing the ball last year. He, out of all returning college quarterbacks, he has over eight yards per attempt, and he's the number five returning quarterback in all of college football in yards per attempt. So I I understand that, and and I'm not going to say every single interception was a bounce off of someone's hand and it was 
it, it wasn't his fault. You know, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes thrown to Tyreek Hill in the first five weeks of last NFL season. I'm not going to say that. But if you do look at some of the, the the advanced stats, if you look at that type of stuff, he is a lot better than, or at least in my opinion. Again, you, you can point to all the turnovers. I, I get it. But I think that there is enough there that K-State fans can get excited. And I don't think it is a mistake when you do hear all these people who cover the Big Ten saying how how much of a raw deal he had. I don't know if you have a subscription to The Athletic if you do. You should read the Max Olson piece about everything that Adrian Martinez had to deal with last year, including playing through a broken jaw and his own coach basically telling the world about it while he was trying to keep it a secret. This dude was a gamer who played through stuff that would make Colin Klein circa 2011-2012 blush. He was still able to have over nine yards per attempt behind the worst offensive line ever assembled in college football. I, I I don't know I would go quite that far because there's been some really bad Kansas offensive lines. But, but I, 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 I think mean, it's, it's definitely it's, in the running. <laughs> it, I mean, it was it was really bad. And, and again, uh, I think pro football focus, especially on the college side, I understand that the, they might have some of their limitations. There's lots of teams to watch, the great individual stuff. I, I get it. But another thing that I love, and th- this was a stat that, uh, of course, was in the K-State media guide, Adrian Martinez for non-kickers in all of college football averages – 5.5 points a game. So he, and, and that's not including passing. So that is him running the ball for almost a touchdown a game his entire career. That is number three in all of college football returning. Number one, and this is this is part of the reason why Adrian Martinez is going to be better at K-State than at Nebraska. The number one player in non-kicker points per game in the entire college football returning is Deuce Vaughn with 8.1. He's never had a weapon even close to Deuce Vaughn. And he's never had an offensive line that has two future uh, draft picks. The left and right guard, Cooper Beebe and Taylor Portier, are both going to be drafted. Cooper Beebe might be a first-round draft pick here in Kansas City next year. Yeah, it will be interesting because I, I while I definitely agree that there is a, a running element to Martinez's game that really kind of helps out, and that plays into the way that Kansas State typically likes to play, There, there is a potential issue, right, with trying to sell out on the run so much. Um, you know, Kansas ran into that I mean, last year and obviously, to, yeah, people did that to Deuce Vaughn last year. And, and all it takes is a little screen pass or a little tunnel p- play. And you, you can't do that. I, I mean, we saw Malik Knowles again, Malik Knowles is what he is. He has his injury history. He got most of his almost 500 yards in three games where he went over a hundred and then 90 yards versus KU. And like, I think close to 90 yards versus LSU. There are capable enough guys that if you, if you're truly going to sell out to do it, all it takes, they have the speed, a little tunnel screen and they're gone. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely understand how that has been successful. I do think that a lot of the defensive secondaries are going to be better this year, especially playing spread out like that. So it'll be interesting to see how well that will, you know, be able to take advantage of what the big 12 defenses are trying to do. My question though, is I think it's become pretty clear that in this conference, if you want to be successful, you have to have some deep threats that can be pretty consistent. So I guess my, my other final or my, my final offensive question for you at this point, because Last year, I don't know that Kansas State really had that, and I don't know if it's because they didn't have wide receivers that could get open down deep fast enough, or they just, Skylar Thompson is not really that good at throwing the ball deep consistently. So I I could make an argument for either one of those. So looking into this year, one, how do you think Martinez is going to be in that downfield game, needing those big plays to kind of break stuff up to 
you know, to completely prevent people from crowding the line of scrimmage all the way across. Um, and two, do you think that there are who on this on this roster has the talent required to be that that deep passing threat? Yeah. So last year, K State had seven guys with a reception longer than thirty yards, and five of those are all returning, and all five of those guys had at least one reception go over 50 yards. So is there going to be one single guy who we say, okay, we can, we can send him on a go route and it is going to be, you know, a 50, 50 ball. It's either going to be, you know, a 60 yard reception or an incompletion. No, you probably don't have that guy who can do it weekend week out play in play out, but you have five different guys who have done over 50 yards at least once just last season. I'd, um, I'd be I, interested to see how many of those were actually like, in the air yard as opposed to short screen pass that, you know, he finds a seam and, and goes for 50 plus yards. Like I, I, I know I've seen that enough times from Kansas state, Deuce Vaughn included that I would not be shocked if the vast majority of those um, were that sort of situation. But to your point, like there is definitely, there's more than one way to have a vertical passing game other than just having a burner go on a go route. So yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and I think the, the where Adrian Martinez is going to, either reach his potential at K-State or not, is can he spread the ball around like Skylar Thompson did? Skylar Thompson had, you know, I think in his career, five or six games where he completed passes to double-digit pass catchers. And that is where K-State is going to have to, uh, in, in the passing game, if 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 they're going to have a big passing season, that's how they're going to have to do it. I don't think we have a 1,000-yard receiver. I think Malik Knowles, he played in all 13 games last year. He wasn't healthy for all 13 games. But if he were to be at his 100%, he could be an 800, 900-yard receiver. I don't think he can be a 1,000-yard receiver. But if they can get death by a, a like 15 paper cuts in the passing game, that's how it's going to ha- have to happen. Because, again, Malik Knowles, while at his best, can be that guy. We've never seen him at his best for more than six or seven games a season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how well they're able to carry that forward. And and I, I do think that this is probably going to be a team that is going to build momentum throughout the course of the season. That either it's going to start pretty well, they're going to build momentum early and stuff is, you know, and, and they could end up being a really good team, especially offensively by the end of the year. Um, or if they get off to a rough start, I like, I just, the way that this roster is set up and the way that everything is kind of, the way everything's going I would potentially be worried that if they don't get off to a good start in the first three or four games, that that could snowball kind of like we saw from several different teams last year in the big 12. Um, but any, any other final thoughts about the offense before we jump over to the defense? Uh, I mean, I, I just think that when you have a guy like Deuce Vaughn, who is a consensus all American as a true sophomore player, uh, he, he's a guy who, if K state were to say have a nine and three, 10 and two type season, and he replicated his stat line that he had last year, he's going to be getting Heisman votes. Uh, and I think an underrated uh, kind of big 12 topic is going to be Deuce Vaughn versus Bijan Robinson. When it looks to like stat comparison, you know, who's going to get offensive player of the year when it's all said and done, I think it is going to come down to those two. So that's like a fun little uh, side plot to watch throughout the season. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting. All right, I do want to jump over to the defense, but before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me, 
Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. And we're back. I am here with uh, Scott of the Bosco Boys, I'm sorry, Bosco's Boys podcast. Um, you know, you know him as Scott Wildcat on Twitter. Scott, we talked about the offense. Obviously, we have a different opinion on Adrian Martinez. But looking over at the defense, I like. I don't think there's any question that this is a, a very good defense last year um, that really had an opportunity to show what they could do towards the end of the year and isn't really losing a lot of big pieces, at least that didn't get replaced in the transfer portal. So looking at this defense, you know, we've come to expect Kansas State to have a really good defense year in and year out, and usually that's built on the strength of the linebackers. Looking at this team, what do you think the biggest strength for that defense is going to be, and and how do you expect fans to look back on this defense at the end of the year, um, at least compared to what they're used to seeing? Yeah, I, I think... Uh... I think it's going to there's it's kind of two pronged. I think they're best in their pass rush because again you have a guy who led the nation in forced fumbles, a guy who was right there, uh, you know, in in contention, being one of the top sack getters in the uh, nation last year. I think he's the returner most uh, sacks returning in college football with Felix and Udike Uzama. And you do have Nate Matlack, who really came into his own towards the end of last season on the other defensive end. You have Eli Huggins, who again had, I think, two sacks and a handful of tackles for losses right there in the middle as well, who was a super underrated player playing nose guard. So I think you're going to see K-State be able to get pressure on the quarterbacks. But then to what you said, linebacker play, Daniel Green, who, I mean, he's an old guy. He originally committed to Bill Snyder. I don't even remember what year. He had to take a prep school year to get eligible. He came in redshirted, and now here is his, you know, post-prep school redshirt senior year. And then, of course, with COVID rules, if he really wanted to, he could come back next year. But he's going to be a guy who, especially with the change in the targeting rules, he can play violently and not have to worry about getting kicked out of as many games as he did last year. He's going to get over a hundred tackles for loss. He's going to be a, I think he has the bigger chance of being the postseason defensive player of the year over Felix. Even he is a rock star. He's a superstar. He is super athletic. He's the closest thing that I've seen to Arthur Brown since Arthur Brown left after that 2012 season. Uh, he truly is a do it all linebacker. And I think, uh, when you have those three guys in our three down front being able to take up as much attention from offensive lines, Daniel Green is poised to have a massive season. So looking potentially for a weakness on this defense, what is the spot of the defense that worries you the most um, and that you think they need to either find an answer during the season or find a way to kind of scheme around it to avoid having a big letdown? It, it was coming into fall camp, uh, the safeties, but everything I've heard has cured that worry. It's going to be that second linebacker spot. We wanted it to be Will Honus. He's been perpetually hurt his entire college career, started at Butler, then went to Nebraska, now at K-State for his super senior year. Uh, he lost his entire last year to a knee injury. He's, he's battling a lower body injury. 
and you just don't have anyone proven with college experience to go alongside uh, Daniel Green. So again, you do have that worry, even with the changes in the rules with Daniel Green, you do have to worry, okay, you know, could he lower his head and get tossed out of the game? Then all of a sudden you don't have any proven trusted linebackers. So that is where I'm going to worry. Any snap that Daniel Green's not out there is a play where uh, I'm going to be worrying about the linebackers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see. Um, I mean, because it, it sounds like this is probably going to be a different look defense from what we're used to seeing, at least from, from yeah. the outside. Yeah, it's the second year in a three three five. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, looking at this schedule, because, you know, I, I've gone through quite a few of these where it's like, oh, my gosh, um, the Big 12 offices really didn't do these guys any favors. And I would say with the exception of – Getting to start out the season, or sorry, the conference slate on the road at Oklahoma, I, I, I almost look at this and think that I kind of like the way that this schedule is set out in terms of where the bye week is. Or I'm so wait, hold on, let me double check and make sure I'm not going to. Yeah, where the bye week is right after a road tilt against Iowa State halfway through the season, like, um, you know, the home and away slate that you have obviously gets set well in advance, but like it looks like that is set up really, really well as well. And, you know, you, you have a few big ones, but, like, I, I'm having a hard time, unless you think that Texas, which you've, you've already said you don't, but unless you think that Texas is just going to kill people this year, um, you don't have back-to-back super tough games on your schedule, from, from what I can tell. So, so looking at the schedule, like, do you agree with that assessment? Like, what are your thoughts overall, and is there a particular stretch here that, that you're potentially worried about coming into the year? Yeah, so... K-State fans are pissed off because we always open up conference play on the road. It's like an absurd amount since we went to like to the Big 12 from the Big 8. I don't know the number because it doesn't really bother me much. I do look at that uh, Tex- that Oklahoma State-Texas-Baylor because while I think Texas I, – I, I think at best Texas is 8-4. and four. At worst, I think they might miss a bowl game once again. Um, but they do have the talent. If you look at the blue-chip ratio on 247 – they're the number two team in the conference and you know, they're right there touching bumpers with Oklahoma. So if, if they ever do figure it out and I don't like having Texas later uh, because you know, if they, if they do have it going, if they are playing for something, all of a sudden that one looks like a really tough one in Bill Snyder family stadium. Uh, but outside of that, if, if Texas does collapse, if they do uh, start slow, get a couple losses by November 5th, it's a little chilling Manhattan. They might not want to be there. So I, I do agree uh, for the most part, that if you can lay out the schedule the way you want it, you get it pretty close to how how the schedule looks. Yeah, and I mean, kind of to your point, you know, there's not going to be a potential, you know, Texas lost to Kansas earlier in the year to really get them fired up to play you guys and want to, you know, avoid losing to both teams from Kansas in the same year. So at least you have that going for you going up against Texas. But no, <laughs> seriously, though, like, it's hard for me to find a stretch here, right? That looks like it's like, cause, cause normally each of these schedules I've been able to go through and I, I point at a three game stretch and it's like, that's tough. That's like, that's the stretch that's going to make or break your entire season because it's really, really tough. You know, and if you, if you go two and one in that stretch, then, oh my gosh, you're going to have a great year. I'm looking at this slate though. Like your, your toughest, theoretically anyway, your toughest non-conference game is going to be Missouri in week two. 
um, you know, sandwiched around a South Dakota and a Tulane team that I honestly, I, I don't have a good feel for how good they are, but it doesn't seem like they're that great. And then you're kind of alternating, right? You're, you're on the road at Oklahoma to start the, the conference late. And you think maybe, you know, that's probably going to be, um, chalked up as a loss just by most people, but it's well, not a guarantee just, as we've seen, right? Kansas, Kansas State against Oklahoma the last few years. Like, they've won it, three out of their yeah. last five in North. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's not a guarantee, obviously, that it's a loss, but, but if the expectations obviously are where they think they are, then that, you know, you would probably pencil that in as a loss, at least tentatively. But then, you know, you're home against the Texas Tech team that's trying to figure stuff out under Joey McGuire. And I don't I don't think like I think by the end of the year, they could do what Kansas did last year and develop over the course of the year and probably be at least respectable by the end of the year. But I think it's going to be tough for them up front. You know, you travel to Iowa State. That seems like it potentially could be tough, but, you know, depends on how good Hunter Deckers is and whether they're really able to kind of just reload on the on the defense. Then you have a bye week before you go to TCU. And TCU is a team that, you know, I honestly think is the the favorite to finish last in the conference if it's not KU. Um, like, you know, that's a really nice road game to have, especially coming off a of bye week. So you can prepare for, you know, Oklahoma State at home and then Texas. Like, I go down this entire thing, and then you finish off with your rivalry game at the end of the year. Like, I don't see a two-game stretch, again, with the caveat that, you know, I don't think Texas is going to be great this year, and so and, and same for you. So, like, I think we're you as a Kansas State fan are in a really good spot with this, with this schedule. So, um, you know, with that in mind, looking over this schedule, I know you kind of talked about what your expectations are for this, but if you have to give a prediction for how you think the season's going to play out, how do you how do you see this team finishing the year? Yeah, so I I'm going to stick with my you know relative purple uh, Powerade Zero uh, outlook. Uh, I I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm saying, uh, and I might regret it. People might clip this. I'm going to say we go ten and two. Uh, with a loss uh, versus Oklahoma State at Baylor. We are wearing white in Arlington. We lose to Oklahoma State, who is the Big 12 championship. They then play USC in the Alamo Bowl, win that game 10 in, or 11 and 3, finishing 12th in the postseason AP coaches or AP top 25. Yeah, that would be um, interesting if it happens. I am very curious, though, the end of the year. You know, playing against the Jayhawks uh, at home to end the season. Um, With KU I, I bowl it, eligibility on the line, right? Exactly, right. Like, yeah, I saved it to the end because obviously this is the thing that we have to finish on. Look, I am I am on record as saying that I do think that Kansas pulls a big upset this year, plays a, real, a lot better than a lot of people think that they're going to, and surprises a lot of people. And I think it's it's you know I've actually kind of solidified in that position as we've gone through fall camp because. You know, looking at what's happened and looking at what they've done in the transfer portal and seeing just how the entire um, attitude around this entire team is completely different. And the fact that this game is, again, the very end of the year where we saw that Kansas made huge strides last year and really got things pulled together. You can say that a lot of that's because they went to Jalen Daniels, but I also think a lot of it's just because they finally got everything to match by the end of that year. Um, you know, how worried are you uh, potentially about this game not, being a, a good all. game at least? Not at all. The, if KU, KU might, if KU is going to win a game in the next three years, it's going to be next year. Uh, here's the thing. If K-State's having a shitty year, if they don't, I, I don't know if you have the explicit tag. I'm sorry if you have to beep that. No, you're out. fine. K-State's having a bad year. That's the game they're going to circle and say, okay, 
at least in the fans' eyes, we can salvage the year by beating KU. If K-State's having a good year, there's zero chance that they're going to look past KU on that final game of the season with over 50 Kansas kids on the roster. Uh, th- there's no chance. I, I don't, I, I don't think there's any world right now. And again, I'm going to sound like a douchebag. Uh, there, I don't see any world where this is within two scores. Uh, and, and again, things happen and you might be able to clip this and make fun of me, but I, if there's a year K, you might pull it off. It's next year. It will not be in Manhattan and it will not be with this K state team. Well, I was going to say, I'm definitely clipping that so I can be ready, you know, for if that actually happens. So, but as I'm sure that you and several of your K state fan cohorts have clipped quite a few things that I said, or, or bookmarked quite a few things I've said on Twitter. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the glow at the end of this. I do think this is going to be, I think a lot closer than a lot of people are expecting just because I think that, there are a ton of people that are underselling how much this team is going to improve over the course of the season. And of course, a lot of that also depends on just how well I think that Kansas state's going to do over the course of the year. So we will have to see, but Scott, before we run out of time here, um, thank you so much for joining me. Where can everybody find your work online? At Scott Wildcat at Bosco's boys on Twitter. Uh, we're doing daily shows all the way through the end of football season. Started that in July. And when I come on for that KU K-State preview, don't forget, we we talked about, you said KU is going to win at least eight in the next 20. You're down to eight in the next 19. We never put stakes on that. So when I come back for the KU K-State preview, we're going to put stakes on that bet. Yeah, yeah, we will. We, we definitely have, uh, th- there should be some news in the meantime that will kind of help with that as well. So, all right, Scott, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I am going to go ahead. We're going to throw it to another quick break because when we come back, I do have a new sponsor for us to talk about, um, you know, and then kind of wrap up a couple different things as we're getting closer to the season. So we will be right back on the Rock Chalk podcast. And we are back. It is the first three segment episode we've had in quite a while. Um, but there were some other things that I kind of wanted to jump into. Didn't want to keep Scott on the line here to be able to talk about these things um, because we got some podcast business to talk about. And then, of course, um, wouldn't you know it, because I had some issues with technical issues with the first recording of this particular segment, I had to go back and redo it. And that was enough time for some not so great things to happen with the Kansas football program um, that we are going to get to see immediately what Lance Leipold and staff are able to really kind of do. Because unfortunately, uh, it was Thursday late afternoon um, when a couple of the Kansas receivers decided to get themselves in a little bit of trouble. Um, and unfortunately for Kansas receiver is one of the few positions where there was a lot of questions. Now, fortunately there does seem to be a lot of depth. Um, Lance Leipold. Well, before I get into the analysis, let's actually just talk about what actually happened. Um, Trevor Wilson and Tanaka Scott were both charged with aggravated assault, um, because, uh, for allegedly confronting someone with a handgun, um, one of those actually, like one of the, uh, I believe it was, yeah, Tanaka Scott had his case, uh, dismissed and unfortunately Trevor Wilson is facing a, it's a low level felony, uh, for, I forget what, let's see, I'm trying, actually it is aggravated assault with a handgun, um, which is a low level felony, but that means that he is in legal trouble. Unfortunately, um, not something that Kansas really wanted to deal with and the Jayhawks have had, a lot of history, I think, in the last few years um, with guys that make very poor decisions 
one way or another and end up having to go through some sort of legal process. Now, not all of them have ended badly for the particular player, um, you know, and, and there have been varying levels of, I think, good ways or bad ways that the coaching staff and the administration have actually handled some of those, you know, in the past. The things that really come to mind for me, there was a, I, I'm, I'm blanking now and I don't really want to look it up. Sylvia de Souza, I believe it was, um, who was accused of assaulting someone. It turns out that he actually did not. And they had video evidence to prove that he did not, but you know, it did lead to some potential legal troubles for him that he had to go, go through and get sorted out before the season started. Um, you know, that's where the kind of the, the tact that we heard from the Kansas Athletic Department, where they basically said, no comment, we are trying to figure out what's going on here. And we'll update when we have an app, when we actually have an opportunity to update you. Like that actually makes sense because we have actually seen cases where what first gets reported and what initially comes out is not actually what happened. And, um, you know, like, I, I again, I don't want to say that this guy made it up. I don't want to say that. Wilson and Scott didn't do the things that they are alleged to have done because I really don't know. Um, but we do need to let the legal system play it out and kind of figure that out before we, you know, really uh, like solidify on what we think this, this actual impact is going to be. But there are still a lot of hypotheticals, a lot of things we really need to look at. Um, you know, for example, uh, Wilson and Scott were both expected to be really big contributors in the, in the wide receiver room this year. Um, I, I wouldn't entirely rule out that, you know, they will make some sort of appearance, but at the very least, you have to think that stuff is going to happen. They are not going to be able to have as big a role immediately as you would have thought, even for a guy like Scott who had his, um, you know, who, who had his charges dismissed, you know, he still did something like they still have to kind of figure out what's going on and figure out what the right kind of punishment or process for him to get back to be fully in good graces with the team. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that Leipold and staff would probably handle a lot of that internally. We'll hear about it when we need to hear about it. The thing it does is it makes it difficult for us to really know what their contributions are going to be at wide receiver. Now, luckily, yes, it is a, a, you know, a room that does not have a lot of proven depth. But I think it's fair to say that Tanaka Scott and Trevor Wilson were some of those guys that had a lot of potential to break out, but it was not guaranteed. I, I think that they were expected to have big roles, but so are guys like Lawrence Arnold, um, you know, Luke Grimm, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about Douglas Emily. Like we have a bunch of different guys that were expected to step up. You'd never want to lose two good options for that extra depth, especially if you're trying to run a bunch of deep routes um, and need to have a bunch of guys that can potentially do a bunch of different things. So this is nowhere by no means is this a, is this good news or, you know, it's not going to affect the Jayhawks this year, but I do think they have time to kind of figure out how to handle this, figure out what the right reaction to this is going to be. Um, and then kind of go from there because again, Kansas football, especially has a history of guys getting into trouble and a very mixed success in terms of getting to the right level of punishment or, you know, I guess, taking it seriously enough to appropriately address it. The thing that comes to mind, you know, immediately is, is Puka Williams, who got into legal trouble in Les Miles' first year. Um, you know, there is still, I guess, some sort of uncertainty about what exactly happened, but the allegations that were against him seemed like it was fairly serious. There was some serious discussion kind of going in to Big 12 media days when the news broke that, you know, what is Miles going to do? Are they going to, you know, how long is he going to be suspended for? 
um, there was serious talk about him getting a four or five game suspension because of how serious allegations were. Now we all know that we, that Williams only served one game suspension, um, and that he was back on the field pretty quickly. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Les Miles knew he needed to hit the ground running and was finding a good justification to get him back on. I Again, Kansas does not necessarily have a squeaky clean track record in terms of dealing with all of these things appropriately. So there is still an open question. The way that Lance Leipold has carried himself, the way that they've talked about all of this, the way they've talked about having so many different options, I have a hard time believing that they are going to include Tanaka Scott and Trevor Wilson to a degree that would make people uncomfortable if they knew all the facts, um, just because of how many different options they have, how many different people that they were already looking to get involved. Um, you know, I, I, sure, a few weeks down the line, if, if a lot of the things are not, you know, really kind of working in terms of the players that they want to play and all of that stuff, I could see, you know, if, if uh, Scott and Wilson are, you know, making the steps that they need to to be able to get back and they might they might accelerate some of that a little bit. Like, that, that stuff happens. But that stuff could potentially happen anyway, even if, you know, even if they, like, as long as they're doing what they need to do. I don't think this is a a coaching staff or an administration now that will allow the, the university to go against the ideals that they are trying to portray for the sake of trying to win now because of all of the, the mantra of consistency and effort and, you know, doing everything the right way. So um, I, I do think there's a very good chance that Tanaka Scott and Trevor Wilson will get significantly less playing time than we imagine going into the year. We'll have to see all about how all that shakes out. And of course, as we get updates, we will continue to update you here. Um, you know, it is difficult, unfortunately, to get this kind of news so quickly before the beginning of the, of the conference, or I'm sorry, before the beginning of the season with regular season games. So again, you know, lots of stuff happening. Hopefully they can kind of get it all figured out because this is not the kind of news that you want to have going into the season. So other news that you really don't want to have that is unfortunate, but also exciting kind of at the same time is the news that we no longer will have big news Saturday from see from sponsor here on the podcast, home field apparel. Just a reminder for you guys, home field apparel is the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. They have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, whole bunch more over 130 different schools. Uh, I don't actually know what the full count is right at this point because it keeps changing all the time. They keep adding new stuff. They just got done with Big New Saturday season four. Um, that is it. It's a wrap. Like every you know good TV show, they got four good seasons out of it, and then they had to really ev- evaluate whether it was good, you know a good idea to keep going. They decided to go ahead and pull the plug on that particular promotion. But look, they are still going to have great stuff coming out. They are still refreshing a whole bunch of different lines with new apparel with new logos, all kinds of great stuff. You know, I, you know, they have a Kansas national basketball or a, a national championship for the basketball team. Um, you know, they're, they're continually doing all kinds of great stuff. And of course they have every single school in the big 12, both current and future um, great lines all around. If you haven't found enough great stuff at Kansas and you want more home field stuff. And let me tell you pretty much everybody wants more home field stuff. Once they've gotten some, um, you can head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code CHOCK12. You can get 15% off your entire first order. Um, all orders over $100 get free shipping. They have so much great stuff. I promise if you're using that promo code, you're going to save more than enough to justify adding, you know, those extra three or four different things um, that you have your eye on. So one one more time, homefieldapparel.com, promo code CHOCK12 gets you 15% off that entire first order. 
All right, guys. And so to finish this up for today, we have what's going to be an exciting new segment here on the podcast um, every single week as we get into the action that's happening. Um, look, we are sponsored now by the great uh, website, pricepicks.com. They are a, a, a daily fantasy and um, prop bet site, essentially, that allows you to go and pick on a wide variety of different sports, a wide variety of different uh kind of different ways that you can can get involved in the game. You can find all kinds of different things that you want to do. You know, it's a you it's basically you just going up against projecting numbers. It's not daily fantasy in the sense of like you draft a team and you go up against everybody else and whoever has the best team wins. This is you make your picks of what you think is going to happen. This could be um, you know, season yard totals. It could be records. It could be all kinds of things. They're going to have individual prop bet, prop bet picks on various teams throughout the year. Every single week, there is going to be at least one prop bet pick that you can look at for a Kansas Jayhawk. Um, it, it probably is going to be actually more, just kind of depending on how the season goes. But they have a ton of stats that you can pick from. You can choose to include um, rushing yards, passing yards, receiving yards, um, you know, there, there is, I, I've actually been poking around the website a little bit myself, um, really kind of enjoying what I'm seeing there. Um, it looks like it's a whole lot of fun. It's a good way, I think, to get involved in using your knowledge of sports in a little bit, um, more immediate fashion than what we've had here on the podcast before. So, um, you know, we, we, we really enjoyed the time that we, uh, taught that we had symbol as a sponsor. And I, I, again, I still love that. Um, that service there, and I actually still participate in that. In that, but this is a lot more immediate. You get to go ahead and take a look, you know, at individual games, and it's not just college football. They have, you know, MLB. They have college football, of course. They have soccer, NFL, WNBA, NBA, uh, Canadian Football League as well. They have MMA. They have all kinds of stuff. NFL, NASCAR. So you can find anything for any of the sports that you really love to follow. So. Head on over to prizepicks.com. If you use promo code CHALK12 when you sign up, um, you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So promo code CHALK12, deposit up to $100 in your account. Um, when you get started, they will instantly match that up to $100. Um, but like I said, you know, you pick a few players on an over and under projection uh, for what they have in that particular week coming up. I was actually taking a look, and even though Kansas doesn't start until next week, they do have stuff up. This week, and I believe next week, they have the ability to go look at, uh, you know, season records, predict those records, things like that. Um, you know, you pick if uh, individual players will get more or less in their projections, and that will change the way, you know, the opportunity you have to kind of win stuff. They have a lot of really great things. Um, I will be finding out more about this as I continue to use it throughout the season, but I highly recommend if you that you head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code CHALK12 to get signed up and get that 100% instant deposit match up to your, your first $100 using that promo code. Look, this is a, this is an opportunity for you to, um, you know, get all these props, these pickums, um, you know, enter into the different contests that they have over there uh, and really kind of get started. I was running through, and just as an example of the kind of interesting stuff that you can do, um, you know, so I was running through this first week, this week zero stuff, and there's a lot of different things out there. Um, Casey Thompson at Nebraska going up against uh, Northwestern. The, right now, the projection for him 
um, is 230.5 passing yards. I actually think that the uh, the way that Nebraska gets started, they, they'll probably get off to a hot start. So I actually have him on the over there, um, you know, looking at a, at a few other ones, receiving yards. I jumped over and uh, let's see, the one that I, I'm trying to pull it back up, the one that I really, really, for whatever reason, again, I don't know why, but this one really jumped out to me, um, would be Josh Downs from North Carolina playing at uh, playing against Florida Atlantic. Uh, he has a, re- a receiving yards of 82.5. I do think that he's actually going to go over that. I, I get the feeling he's going to have a day. So, you, you know, that's kind of a good example. You can take a look at a lot of different lines that people have. Passing touchdowns for Casey Thompson is right at 2.0. Um, I do think that Nebraska is going to be very successful. So I'm actually probably going to take Casey Thompson over on the yards, over on the passing touchdowns. Um, and then, like I said, I'm going to take uh, Josh Downs over on his receiving yards. And, uh, you know, I, I might pick up a few more, but head on over there. You can take a look at a lot of different things. And again, you don't have to you don't have to re- restrict yourself to college football. Um, you have a lot of different options there. You can make your 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 picks, get those entries in at 60 seconds or less. It's really simple. You go, you can take a look at all of the things that they've updated, find one that you like, and jump in immediately. You know, it's safe. They have really, really fast withdrawals. So when you are done, if you hit that big payday and decide you want to go ahead and pull it out, it is not a huge hassle to be able to do it. They are not available in every state, but uh, so so make sure that you do check when you sign up. Um, but they are available in Kansas. They are available for most of the Big 12 states that we have. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, you're a Big 12 fan or you're a Kansas fan and you want to go ahead and sign up, use that promo code CHALK12. It helps us out here on the podcast, but it also gets you, again, a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So they will be continuing to do preseason over-unders um, and a lot of other things that you can do before the season really gets this, you know up and running starting next week. So you have a week to go ahead and get it done. I was hoping to get this episode out earlier today so you could, you know, jump on it before all of the week zero action. There's still going to be some opportunity to do that, but not quite as much as I was hoping for. But make sure you're paying attention to that because it's going to be great. We will be, as part of our previews of the games coming up every week, we will be including information from Price Picks, um, making our own picks that way. Um, you know, I will be encouraging our guests who come on to preview the games to to help me figure out what makes the most sense in terms of picking those so that you guys can have some ideas of if you want to pick the Kansas game, whether it's Kansas or their opponents that you're looking to, uh, you know, get some of those props in on that you have the best information completely possible to go ahead and do that. So one more time, I will remind you guys, it is prizepicks.com. Use promo code CHALK12 to get that 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Um, you know, this is a segment that we will have that will be sponsored by Prize Picks every single week uh, throughout the rest of the football season. And who knows, it may go longer than that. We'll have to kind of see how it all works. But I already am loving the site. Haven't had a chance to do too much um, on it yet. So I'm looking forward to really getting to dive in after this week to start making all of my picks for the Kansas Jayhawks. I, I really hope you guys go ahead and check it out too. But that is going to do it for us today. Again, this will be kind of integrated, I think, more into the middle of the episode um, the next few times, but I wanted to make sure I got you guys this information so you could go ahead and get started. You can go ahead and start getting signed up. It is a, again, it's a it's a lot of fun. It's just another way to kind of take that information that you have about college football, take your opinions, and back them up by making some picks and potentially winning some money based off of those, those picks that you made. So um, that is going to do it for us today, though. 
I, I really appreciate Scott coming on earlier, and I, I apologize that we had to kind of co-opt the end of the preview episode for Kansas State to be able to talk about all of this, but a lot of crazy stuff happening, and there's not very many episodes left before we actually get to the beginning of the season. With Kansas playing on Friday of next week, um, our schedule will be a little bit different than normal. Uh, normally, we try to have episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays. I believe next week we are going to try to have it. It will either be a Monday or Tuesday episode, uh, but the preview for the game will be coming out Thursday morning. So that way you'll have plenty of time to listen to it before the game actually starts. And of course, over on Blue Wings Rising, we will have a lot of coverage leading up. We are almost done with our countdown to Kansas football. We are getting really, really close, only seven days away. Uh, I am really looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. But if you have not already, please to go out wherever you get your podcast or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe. Get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you can give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments would be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. You can also eat, uh, message me personally over on Twitter at andymitch 12 but uh, we are part of the 1012 Podcast Network. A ton of great podcasts covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference. If you have not already, go over to 1012 Network on Twitter. That's ten one two Network. And you can find links to all the great shows. Also at 1012network.com to get those links as well. But that is going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm Podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well, if all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dorks. So thank you and go Cougs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.